me of raining and of Because, like, inside I'm like this tough punk rock chick who's like, hey, you, fuck you. And outside. You know? Yeah. Welcome to your eulogy, the podcast where we talk to someone about their life so we can talk about their death. And the way I think about this show is, what is the guest an expert on? Juliet, today's guest, is an expert on being goth. She's been goth for forever. Does that mean that she's into like eating mosquitoes and bondage and being too cold? Maybe. We didn't get to that in this interview. What we did get to was her addiction to meth, which she kicked years ago. A school shooting that robbed her family of her mother-in-law. And how evil can live on the internet. And also, how to, in spite of all of the bad stuff I just listed, how to soak up as much joy and experience we can during our little time on Earth. Juliet's great. Thank you, Juliet, for walking me me into your house for a little interview. Hi, uh, hi, Come here. Did you bike? Uh, no, I took the. Uh, bus. Here is the theme song. like to say about your mom? Hello, my name is My mom has been goth for many years. Oh my god, you're <laughs> not what I, I thought you'd say. But <laughs> goth for many years. Oh god. Do you think you would have gotten into goth? So like right now you can <clears throat> go online and find just about any community. Mm-hmm. Um, very specific. Yep. Um, yeah, there's subreddits for everything. It's yeah. just, you name it, you enter it in. It's like, whoa, I didn't even know that existed, you know? <laughs> So what I'm trying to get at is, do you think you would have been goth if you would have had more options? Like, did you feel like an outcast and you found this community? No. Um, No, I just was always drawn to it. That's so cool. You know, I'd see them walking down the street once in a while in, like, my neighborhood in Hollywood, and I was just like, what is that? And (laughs) And then my friend at school introduced me to The Cure, and I was like, I was like, this light just appeared and, and I was like I love this yeah. so much and I still love the cure to this day they're mm-hmm. good they're wonderful mm-hmm. here's my introduction yes I posted on a popular page on Facebook called I Heart Northeast mm-hmm. what's the most difficult thing you've ever done I was hoping to get some cool stories about people eating like 50 hard boiled eggs or someone having to walk 50 miles in sub-zero temperature after their car broke down or someone who had 50 kids, or someone who got to go to like 50 different baby showers in one year. Something involving 50. <laughs> but what happened is most people just volunteered very personal stories about loss. Losing a child to opiates, burying their mother. One guy had beat a form of cancer, but it had come back. And one of the answers I got was, 
Well, I actually can't find it because I think they took it down. <laughs> I don't it, even remember what it was. It, it was uh, you talked about uh, getting sober years and years ago. Oh yes, from drugs. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that one person is my guest today. Yes. Hi. Yes. <laughs> um, what uh, compelled you to answer that uh, Facebook post? Oh, I don't remember. I just. <laughs> I was drinking at the time. I do drink still once in a while. I didn't go completely sober, you know. But yeah, it's, it was just, yeah, it was like five years, just those drugs years just set my life back, you know. I felt like I had to rebuild. And it was just, it was hard to get over. And, you know, the thoughts were always there, mm-hmm. you know. And still 25 years later, you know, even seeing like needles are hard, you know. And I'm, I'm banned from the Red Cross forever, mm-hmm. you know. So th- the, And I have bad teeth. And it's like, you know, I, I tell my son there the choices you make when you're young, they follow you the rest of your life, you know, little things. And it's just, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I just, I did drugs every day for five years, mostly meth. And, and it was back when it was a Los Angeles club drug. Didn't have the stigma it does today, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just like, it was my life for five years, and I was just like, I'm done, you know. Meeting him helped too, my husband, you know. So you so, guys have been together for? 21 years. 21 years. And I quit um, before, I quit before the, uh, the birth of my first son, so I quit before I got pregnant. Mm. And and I just when I had the kid, my first son, I was just like, I don't want to be one of those moms, you know, <laughs> you know, I don't want to. So I quit drugs before him, but you know, after I had him, I didn't do him, but I still thought about it. Yeah, you know, it's just because it's just always in your head. But he he helped me a lot, just you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. L- like a like a preoccupation, like an obsessive. Not obsessive, like that just it's always kind of in the back of your mind, mm. you know. So. It's just, but yeah, now it's like, I don't even, you know, it's just like, that was my past. Yeah. But, but it, it took a lot of work and a lot of years, you know. Mm-hmm. When you see needles, what type of uh, feeling does that conjure? It just reminds me of when I used to, you know, inject drugs. Yeah. The, the, the drug itself, it becomes an addiction, but also when you go to IV use, it, um, that also as well seems to become an addiction, you know. Like the whole process, mm-hmm. um, for sort of ritualistic. Yeah, you know? that's one thing. That's one thing I've noticed. The e-cig here too, and I've talked with. I used to manage an e-cig store for five years, and we had a lot of people in recovery too, and we had discussions about how even you know this is kind of ritualistic, especially back when you used to make your own coils. They don't really do that anymore. Oh, the old the, school vaping. Yeah, you know, <laughs> back when you used to make your own coils. But yeah, the technology's advanced so much, not many do that anymore. But it was almost ritualistic, like like that, you know? At least it's not going to kill anyone, though. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. So, yeah, I mean, well, we're still going to need 20 years of, you know, testing. But yeah, the switching to this from cigarettes changed my life, too, because now I don't get bronchitis and pneumonia anymore. What's that again? I don't get bronchitis or pneumonia anymore from... Oh, from smoking cigarettes? But Yeah, I, I always got that every year. Yeah. Now I haven't gotten either of them in six years. Hmm. So. Yeah, I don't like... Um, I, I smoke cigarettes every once in a while, and I don't enjoy it, but there mm-hmm. is something I like about them, which is it shows me... Whenever I have a cigarette, it gives me anxiety. Yeah. And it shows me what 
artificial anxiety is. Yeah. And it's a way for me to understand people who suffer from anxiety, Mm -hmm. how it's not, um, what unnatural anxiety is. And I have crippling untreated anxiety every day. So, Mm -hmm. so I, I, but yeah, it's because the cigarettes are a stimulant. So how are you with coffee? Um, not very, well, I think I'm a little bit too sensitive to it. So I Mm kind of stopped drinking coffee. Yeah. So yeah, they're both stimulants. So, Mm -hmm. how does your anxiety um, usually manifest in your life? Uh, um, just, uh, well, I have social anxiety, which is weird because I'm also an extrovert. So the two kind of battle each other, you know? Mm. And also um, anxiety where you're just, you tell yourself things in your head that aren't true, you know? And physical things, like I get really shaky, especially in the morning. But, and I, I plan to get it treated one day, but I need insurance. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, but I, I'm CBD helps sometimes. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of popping up. Um, yeah, it's really are... nice. Yeah, I don't touch THC, but because I stopped that years and years ago because it made me paranoid and made my anxiety worse. But CBD, it calms me down and it's legal and it's weird because it's like from the same plant. What do you think people, do you think that people would be judging you or something like that? Oh, yeah, always. Anxiety always tells me that. But, and it sucks because myself as a persona is just like, am I allowed to curse? Yeah. Okay, it's like, fuck off, you know, I don't <laughs> care, you know. So it's like another battle, you know, because like inside I'm like this tough punk rock chick who's like, hey, you, fuck you. And outside. You know, yeah. And then and then the anxiety is like, wait, no, don't do that. <laughs> so. It's true. It, incredible, but people mm-hmm. are complicated. Mm-hmm. They <laughs> Who are. would have thought that we can be two things yeah. that are contrary? <laughs> Duality. <laughs> but. <laughs> there is, um, we cannot talk about this if you don't want mm-hmm. to. But I figured I, I'd have to at least bring it up. Mm-hmm. Did you say that your mother-in-law mm-hmm. was killed in a school oh, yeah. shooting? Yeah, Berman's mother. Um, yeah, it was 2005, back before it was all over the news. It's up north in Bemidji. We lived in Bemidji for five years when we first moved to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And I can't do small towns. I learned that. I cannot. This is Minneapolis is probably the smallest city I can live in. Mm-hmm. But it was nice because we got to spend time with her. So it was meant to be, you know? Yeah. And you mm-hmm. moved after that tragedy? Yeah. We, we wanted to move back to L.A. because it was just, that was our home. We knew it, you know? But we just couldn't find a place that we could afford. Mm-hmm. You know? So on a whim, Berman came down here, and we found a place the same day. And he's like, we're moving to Minneapolis. We didn't know, like, anyone. I knew, like, one person from the Internet. Um, here? Yeah. One person from Live Journal here. <laughs> That's it. And we moved here, and it was an amazing decision. That's so, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said you, you, when you came to Minnesota, you felt um, connected or yeah. you felt at home. Yeah. Which many people wouldn't see that. You you may be a an exception. <laughs> Usually we're all leaving to go to L.A., mm-hmm. but you came the other way around. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what do you think you connected with? Um, the people were really nice, you know. I was always really nice growing up, um, and in L.A., it's, you know, 
like here, especially an example in customer service, if things go wrong, you know, you know, you'll be nice and they'll help you, you know. Whereas in LA, if something's wrong, you have to fight for it, you know. Oh yeah. So, you know. <laughs> the cat came up a little. Oh, oh yep, oh, nice. that's my cat. <laughs> <laughs> Let me grab a uh, paper towel. I told you. <laughs> so perfect. Vernon. Solace came up and meowed in the So a a Nazi, a neo-Nazi, uh, whatever we call them, mm-hmm. he was just like drawn to violence. Like they were just like, "Hey, let's." Yeah, and he was Native American, which uh, is even stranger. Yeah, it does make it more complicated, doesn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah. So, but yeah, his message boards, and you still see it today on Steam and is and that a chan and I. I I didn't know about Steam. Yeah. I'm just assuming it's like a all right Nazi. They have message boards, yeah. I send Drake a lot of them, you know, to watch out. So I send him lots of crazy. Even Roblox, a little kid's game. It's like a Minecraft for younger kids. Uh-huh. And Do you believe that? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. And, and like, what, what's the thing about Roblox? Um, here, let me get it. Okay, pure evil, Roblox kid's game. Haven for jihadi, <laughs> Nazi, and KKK role play featuring Twin Tower Bomb. So kids, go, they're going on a Minecraft similar game and people are basically using the game to like be Nazis and they build I, like yeah, Twin Towers and blow it? them up. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like a South Park episode. I know, it really does. <laughs> yeah, I found that article somewhere a while ago and I sent it to Drake up there. I'm like, Drake. And he says he hasn't seen any of it though. He says he, you know, he would tell it or report it. He hasn't seen anything like that. But it's just like, how does this stuff exist? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 have, I have no footing or reference point. How do you talk to your kids about um, being so close to supreme evil? Um, mm-hmm. and how, how do you yeah, convey that this is an exception for most people, but not for us? Just education, you know, just showing your... I mean, same with internet parent safety you know just making sure what your kids are doing you know that's one reason why we have the two computers in the living room we've always had the computers in the living room with all three of the kids oh so that it's in uh, public space mm-hmm. so that everyone can so we can keep an eye on them you know so especially with the phones too now like where the last article i sent him oh yeah i sent him an article today from care 11 uh, apparently some teenage boy was re- groomed and recruited on Discord, a chat app, which my son uses for role-playing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and he was used as a sex slave for a year. They just caught the guys. Oh, my God. That's a Care 11 epi- article. So, yeah, I sent him that article. It's like, honey, watch out for groomers and stuff like this on the Internet, you know? <sighs> I know. 
I know, it's, there's so many wonderful things in the world, but there's also a lot of darkness, you know? I feel like evil or like absolute acts of, of violence only hap- have to happen once mm-hmm. to affirm they exist, mm-hmm. but acts of love and goodness mm-hmm. have to happen every day mm-hmm. to affirm that they exist. Mm-hmm. I interviewed a man named Eric Fratsky, mm-hmm. who's a local musician and a metal band yeah. named Zebulon Pike. I think I saw that on your wall. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, he said something I really liked. He, when he was talking about metal, he says, metal is, there's something about um, the grandeur of it. It's mm-hmm. like being able to touch infinity. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have a feeling like that with golf culture, or can you describe it in a... Um, not to put you on the spot and no, say, it's say something poetically beautiful. No, and the funny part is I'll probably think of something perfect in two weeks. <laughs> that's <laughs> how that's how I work. But no, goth music, it just, it's just very ethereal to me, you know? Um, like Especially bands like Dead Can Dance and Cocteau Twins. Oh, I've just, yeah. I've just been listening to forever. It's just, Best it's, Christmas album. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, they're just very... just dark and ethereal just like a feeling of like just being in the woods on a night with a dark you know a bright moon and just peace oh mm. that's what it is for me what what uh, what do you like about that that feeling um just it's calm for me you know you're into nature but also into being in the city at the same time mm. That's a funny thing. I'm not in a nature. <laughs> I mean, I, I joke that, you know, I'm outdoorsy. It's a, it's a quote that I like drinking on patios. <laughs> That's, yeah, you, I see that all the time on the Internet, and I just it makes me laugh every time. But I'm not outdoorsy, but I don't know. I think it's just this time I spent in Bemidji just driving at night with all the trees, you know? Yeah. Just something about it. But, yeah, I'm in my car, though. I'm not walking around. <laughs> if, if, if I can make a... Um, an educated assumption mm-hmm. does it um, help take you away from your anxiety maybe yeah the music the... and just the calmness yeah I think so you know it just yeah I think mm-hmm. that's exactly it this this is optional but okay. it's kind of the hook of the show to get people interested where I have somebody write a eulogy for themselves. Okay. Or just like a paragraph or a poem or a <laughs> shopping list or anything that they feel represents their life. Um, and I actually do touch upon this a lot on my Facebook. Yeah? Yeah, just because, well, one thing that's nice about being goth and, you know, you, uh, especially just through a lot of books and music, you, you, you're faced with death a lot, mm. you know? It's a it's a main reoccurring theme in goth, you know. So, I mean, I I'm not afraid to die, you know. I'm just not ready for it. I still have a lot of living left, <laughs> but I'm not afraid of it. So I've always, you know, planned it out. You know, what happens if, you know, I have my dress picked out. I have where I'm going to be buried. You know, you know, we have where the kids are going to go in case we die in a fiery motorcycle accident because uh-huh. we have two motorcycles in the garage. Nice. So. 
you know, so we have everything planned out. So I've made jokes about it and just touched upon it because it's going to happen. You can't avoid it. Yeah. Everyone dies, you know. It's not like you're like, oh, I'm... I always tell people, you know, I go out a lot and I try to experience life. I like to travel. I don't go that far, though, because it's expensive. <laughs> um, just because I just want to see the world and get out there before before I die. I don't want to waste my life sitting on the couch watching the news, you know, every night after work. There's just too much to experience. You know, they gave us one shot at this wonderful life. Make the best of it. So that's that's one of my eulogies. It's just a uh, just enjoy the ride, you know. You're not going to get out alive, <laughs> you know. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else you wanted? No, to... that was really fun, and it was fun meeting you. Yeah. You know. So it's just you know another new thing. Just like I say, try new experiences, do new things. So yeah. now I can say I've been in a podcast. And plus, plus, um, it's, plus it's fun to get drunk on Facebook and meet new friends. <laughs> Thank you to Juliet. At the last Dark Energy, the monthly goth night in Minneapolis, I saw, you guessed it, Juliet, holed up in a booth with her husband. They were illuminated with a demonic red light holding court among the wretched, wasted, waywardly wonderful goth kids of the Twin Cities. And there she was, living out her declaration to live your life to the fullest. Whatever happens to fill you. I'm Matthew Schneeman. Thank you for listening to your eulogy. I edited, and did, I edited and did the music for this episode. If you have any questions, email me at youreulogymail at gmail.com. That's all I've got. Thanks very much. That's not all I got. Here's a dumb little joke. That's what happens when you love a book and then you watch the movie. You're just never satisfied. Um, I think I've... Oh, yeah, I have a joke about that. Um, I was... I, I heard about this really popular new flip book, um, but I'm just going to wait for the movie to come out. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>